0: Howdy, Ags. Welcome back to Aggie Growth Hacks, the podcast sponsored by the McFerrin Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A&M. Here, we're dedicated to highlighting fast-growing Aggie entrepreneurs, learning how they overcome challenges with unique growth hacks, and connecting them with other entrepreneurs in the Aggie network. I'm your host, Greg Martin, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 2001. And I'm your co-host, Chris Hunter, Fighting Texas Aggie Class of 1998. Well, we got a little story for you, Ags. Ashley Sanders, and Tech A, class of 2003, is perhaps the most creative and unflappable entrepreneur that we have talked to. As the founder and the controller of the chaos at Ashley & Company, she has led the premier event planning company in Bryan College Station through some pretty challenging times. Her grit, creativity, and passion for her clients is on full display in this episode of Baggy Growth Hacks. So pass it back and listen up to Ashley as she shares some good bulk. Well, welcome, Ashley. Thank you so much for joining us on Aggie Growth Hacks today. First and foremost, I just want to say thank you publicly. Uh, you have helped out an organization that's very passionate and that I'm very passionate about, near and dear to my heart, Brazos Valley Carriage. You have been the single reason, you and Kelly, uh, as to why our last two events and fundraisers have been as successful as they are. So I'm so excited to introduce you to our, our audience. Thank you for what you do, and thank you for joining us today.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. We've enjoyed the work that we've done with Brazos Valley Cares, and um, I'm excited to be with you guys today.
0: Well, we always like to dig in. We love Texas A&M. We all have that in common, and it's a huge bond that we share. Ashley, I'm curious. What is your favorite Aggie
1: memory? It, It may not be what a lot of people think of as a fond memory, but when I was a freshman here, that was when Bonfire fell. So I think just the camaraderie and the school love that you saw, um, the people pulling together, and the energy on campus, and seeing the change that night. I we we had been out and we we heard sirens, we heard things go down. I lived right across from campus that year, and and just feeling everybody together. You knew at that point, you know, as a freshman, you were a little homesick. You were, you know, not right. kind of questioning some of, some of your decisions. You knew you were at the right place. You knew that every single person around you was your family. Knowing then that that, you know, the next four plus years were going to be such growth, that memory will, will stick with me forever. And now I think being a little bit older and, and being involved with what we have been on a work side of things, I think now I have to say the, the football energy. Just going into, and man, we missed that this year when, when it's not 100%. But, you know, when fall hits and you have that football season and it's your first tailgate and it's your first home game and you see the traffic pick up and um, our office is on Texas Avenue. And so we can always tell which. People are coming in and the flags are flying, and you know, you just get that whole town energy again. Um, that everybody's rallying around to, to stand and cheer and you know, root on our team. So be excited, yeah, be excited about about yeah. um, a new season playing before. this year in general. But, um, I can't wait till we're 100% again and everybody can enjoy again like that. <laughs>
2: Well, I I fully agree with you. I I think that, you know, 98% of the, uh, you know, there's always going to be those two percenters out there, but you know, 98% of the Aggies out there are probably going to totally, fully agree with you that, you know, football season is is their favorite time of the year also. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your company and why you're so passionate about it?
1: Sure. Ashley & Company is a full service event planning company and a rental company. So What we do is take a client's vision from start to finish, um, whether it be wedding, corporate, nonprofit, um, any type of event, we take what's in somebody's head and make it happen wherever it is. Um, It may be a tent build in the middle of a field somewhere where you are starting from ground zero. It may be um, a gorgeous ballroom in a hotel or one of the amazing venues that we have here locally. Um, it may be just be designing with somebody when they come into our showroom um, we have a full line of rentals so tables chairs linens um, decor pieces chandeliers draping you know the, the possibilities are kind of un- unlimited there and um, but we also do the full service coordination so we can take each client from a different standpoint of what they need to make sure that everything is handled you know again your guest list your seating charts your diagrams, um, your food, your check-in at a, a nonprofit event, all of the confirmations with vendors and all of the details that nobody needs to worry about while they're trying to enjoy and, and really you know be present at an event. So we like those details. We like to take that on for people. So our, our services are, are kind of multiple rolled into one.
0: Ashley, you're selling yourself way short. You don't take someone's vision and make it a reality. You take their vision and make it like a thousand times better.
1: Sometimes we give them a vision too, so.
0: <laughs> and that helps. That helps. Well, why are you so passionate about that?
1: You know, it, it's something that I fell into event planning actually when I was in college, and um, it was it was kind of an avenue that I kept getting back into and. I worked at at Pebble Creek when I was in school, and I used to shadow and help Peggy Erickson, who was the uh, event director there. And I loved Peggy, loved doing everything with her. And I would always be wherever she needed me to be. And then I I interned with a company that did the sports PR and event planning, thinking I was going to be on the PR side. I went in and I got put on the event planning side, um, which was also great. Loved it. Kind of you know, just followed that track again. And I've just always kind of fell into event planning and found it very easy and enjoyable. It was nice. The client interaction, the hours are crazy. It's always, you know, you're, you don't have the normal eight to five kind of desk job, um, which I loved. So it was, it was good for me with that. And I realized that there were a lot of people that didn't have that passion and didn't have that ability to do that with ease. <laughs> being one of those, <laughs> and so it was. It was good to be able to step in and help somebody, especially you know on a wedding day, um, or putting a festival on, or you know something that is so important to somebody that puts so much stress on them, and and them feeling like I'm I'm going to fail, I'm not going to do it right, I'm going to miss something, um, and and not being able to be confident in that, and and me being able to come in and. And say, allow me to take it over, and then let's work on your design. Let's let's work on the help with that. Um, I did event planning independently prior to opening our showroom, and then realized that there was a need for textiles and kind of some over the top inventory items that um, we didn't. I, I couldn't find here locally, and I always thought that I would just run a team of women, a team of girls that you know could do the design stuff on their own and, um, and not have to do the heavy inventory. And then I was sourcing tables and chairs way too often. And so we added the larger inventory. We added the tables and the chairs. Mm-hmm. And then Ted, <laughs> we, added, we added a few Teds to, to help us. Yep. Anybody that's worked with us knows, knows Ted and, and Wyatt and Clayton and all of our guys that you know, have been so amazing over the years to Come in and um, humor us, and make sure that lines are straight and flags are attached properly to the ceiling. And
0: no matter how many times you do it, <laughs>
1: no matter how many times you do it, we always tell everybody this is an in- industry that you either love or you hate immediately. And I was, I was one of those people that loved it. So,
0: well, Ashley, the impact on a lot of businesses from COVID it has been real. And, and obviously the event planning space is one of the ones that that's really been in, impacted because we can't do that safely. And I know that you guys and your team have, have helped, again, going back to Brazos Valley Cares, you helped us to to deal with that and to deal with it eloquently and tactfully and, and professionally. But what is the biggest change or the biggest challenge that COVID has presented you guys and how have you overcome that?
1: I was actually in Florida, when in in the Keys, in Key West, when everything kind of started coming down. We heard A&M was shutting down. You know, We were getting messages, a and shutting down, this this school's shutting down. We had events canceling just left and right. And um, we came back. That Monday, we knew... I, my husband and I kind of put a plan together. And by Wednesday, we had to go ahead and, and shut our office, send our employees home. We came up with a three-month plan for them at that time, hoping that there was government help, but not knowing what would come. You had different mindsets at that time. Some people, oh, it'll it's gonna be fine, two weeks, and we're done. And oh, I wish. And, and I know it doesn't. Everybody, everybody wishes that that was actually the case. And you know, and then you had those that kept saying this is gonna be. Six months to a year to you know longer, and we were home for three months, and um, we did not do an event for three months. No revenue, I nothing. Just everybody, you know, working changing events. We had weddings that we had to reschedule. We had Brazos Valley Cares that we had to take from an in-person event to virtual. We had clients that we we needed to make sure we're taking care of brides. That you know the devastation of my wedding has been ruined essentially in their minds because I was supposed to have this many people and we were going to be here. And um, now they're being told by the governor, it's not even a venue or you know, a vendor that they can't do it. So just trying to kind of place that calm on everybody that it, it's, it's going to be okay. And then when we came back in June, it was kind of an unsure where are things going. And and I and, it, and it's still today a little bit of that too. We do a lot of work with A and M, and and when compliance called for no events to be held this semester, that was a big you know a, a big hit on what was coming, and it kind of made set the tone for the town too.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Sets the tone for a lot of the events. So it was it was very telling to know how cautious everybody was going to be and. And know that with next year coming out in January, it's probably gonna be the same. You know, things are not gonna still now for probably at least six months. I, I don't think that until maybe summer of 21, we'll really see people start gathering and start, you know, without the caution that they are right now. People are still yeah. wanting to do things, but, um, you know, so, so the event industry is caterers are having to make changes and, and make guards on their food to make sure that everybody's safe with that make sure they have enough staff to serve people at buffets at restaurants you know everybody obviously in masks and you know making sure that they're at, at a, a different distance and you know when you're a photographer and you're trying to stage someone or you know make, get that perfect and, and you can't be in that that personal space that's
0: all the things you didn't think about. Yeah. 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 But you, you think about, I don't think
1: about, you do. Yeah, yeah we do. Uh, you know, some of the first things that we started thinking about when weddings weren't really addressed in, um, in some of the first mandates. And so we started thinking about what do you do with a wedding cake? And, um, you know, do you need a, a guard around a wedding cake when it's out or does it not need to be out until right before you cut it? And, um, you know, you have to have somebody licensed to cut the cake and make sure it's not just Aunt Sarah, that's going to come up and cut it and, you know, just lay the cake out. And And you have some clients that are very cautious and you have some clients that would prefer not to talk about anything. and Or not. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody's a little bit different too, um, which is great. So,
2: So it sounds like, you know, the whole, your industry, right, has really had to pivot and change and had to really adjust to a lot of things. You alluded to this earlier that y'all helped a couple of events go virtual, right? And have you kind of pivoted to that, to more virtual events uh, lately? And, you know, how, how is this whole COVID thing really affecting you other than it shut you down the first three months? But how are you adjusting to that?
1: We are, we, we did, Brasley Valley Cares virtually. We've been involved in a few other, Mercy Project went virtual as well in September. Been involved in a few other virtual Events on the nonprofit side, we have had some meetings with awards programs going virtual to to just kind of brainstorm and um and get you know kind of creative juices going basically with everybody to make sure that people aren't watching the same thing over and over again. The fall is a very heavy awards season in um you know at M and. And so many of those, everything was just canceled in the, in the spring, you know, not moved forward. And so we were trying to talk to clients and make sure that these recipients are recognized and you know, people get get what they want right now and, and get to go with that too. But it, it's also kind of a double-edged sword because, Chris, you and I touched on this a little bit before we started. People are getting a little burnout on sitting in a yeah. virtual setting. And so it's, it, it's a fun of how do you keep that creativity going and and make sure that your event, your virtual event, awards program or fundraiser or whatever it may be is something that is really entertaining to attend. Um, and what's the draw and what's, you know, what makes that audience really make sure that they want to be there. Because cutting into people's personal time is, you know, getting a little bit more questionable. Everybody was, I think, kind of excited at the beginning to Be at home and and get to do that, and then you know it's been a a little bit different now. So Bryan College Station has not gone as heavy on the virtual settings as um, some of the larger cities have. We've seen, you know, the the Dallas market, the Houston market has gone a little bit heavier on those, but they have so many more events that are held in that capacity that they really their audience is is huge. And and so they have gone a little bit more heavy on the virtual side to reach outside of their town, outside of even the state, and make sure that they get a little bit of a larger reach. We as a company have kind of turned. We're we're still working with our our events that we have going on. We're on. We have contracts that you know rentals and things like that. Weddings look a little bit different. They're small. There and um, you know there's not supposed to be presets on the table, so that means napkins and chargers and, and things like that. So trying to keep the girls informed that are coming in with, you know, our venues at 50% capacity or 75% capacity or, you know, our yeah. tables six feet apart, what what who can see what? But we as a company are also doing a little bit more outside of the box. I, I would say kind of business development marketing side of things with a few different companies that we have worked with in the past. So it's a little bit outside of the event Realm, but um, still kind of public relations and um, customer relations with the people. And it, it has worked well because these companies have found a need for we had to let people go, or we found ourselves in a situation of we can't get our message out right now because we're understaffed and, and overworked because of what's going on. And we are in a situation where we can absolutely help with that right now. So it's, there's been some partnerships formed that are out way outside of the event world that, that have been really nice and um we we've enjoyed a lot.
2: Yeah and I was gonna ask that like have you had to like go a little bit more into IT than you were previously? Yes.
1: Um, yeah we have oh, yes. <laughs> we've always been a very hands-on company with the client. And we make sure that with our clients, we fill out all of their information. We fill out if there's a timeline, if there's a diagram, if there's um, you know any contact forms. We do that for them or with them. We don't send them a generated form that we want them to do. We have not been set up to do kind of digital communication, and I, I still feel strongly that we need that personal connection and that we need yeah. to know our clients because you learn so much about people. When you're sitting in a timeline meeting, and when you're sitting in a design meeting, and you need to make sure that you have that connection, so doing a phone call is fine. You can do a phone call. You can, do it, you know, even if it's a Zoom meeting or a FaceTime meeting, because getting those reactions when you have something that may have struck a nerve or may be a really good idea, you need to see facial expressions, and and you need to, instead of just sending them a form and having them fill something out, it's hard to read between the lines when. When somebody fills something out and then goes, "Oh, I didn't really like that, but I didn't have a better answer," so you know it's okay. So we've we've I would say gone a little bit more um, technical, but we've still kept things pretty personal. So,
0: but but the skill set that you have in, in translating that, even even in a helping someone from a corporate standpoint, having a virtual event you know, to be able to coach them, okay, you, you need to actually pull people in through the, through the camera. That's not something that, that maybe someone like me thinks about, but to be able to have your team actually bring that up. And so, so your skill sets have advanced, but is there anything actually that during this time that you said, you know, we're not going to go back to doing that the way before when, when we've to quote unquote normal?
1: Our, our business is going to look very different when we come out of this. We did have to go through a round of layoffs. We're we're a very small business. We had eight employees before this, and we had about five contract labor guys with us. We have two of our guys are still in college, so they, Clayton and Wyatt, help us out. But we had to go through a round of layoffs. We I held off as long as possible and, and yeah. did it in August. But we could tell in August it just wasn't things weren't coming back and. We did what we had to do at that point. So mm-hmm. Kelly and I are managing everything right now, which means on Mondays we come in, we do laundry, we you know get everything up off the floor, sprays, and you know count orders in and do each side of everything, mm-hmm. clean the glass when it comes in, you know make sure all of the glassware is, is polished and put up in the right place, and. You know, a lot of bouncing with, you need to make these phone calls, you need to get these emails done, you need to get these quotes done, and maintain regular business, but then also do all of our inventory inventory production too. So there's been a lot of things that we have looked at, and I would say cost it out. We've done a lot of price adjustments, time adjustments. There have been several things that we've said. I, I don't think we'll continue that. Down the road, and a few things that as we came into this, we we've been a little pickier on inventory that goes out, and not everything is available all the time. So we had a round of some theft in some of our trucks when we when all of this started too. So you know, it's another thing that we were had to think about because we have three trucks that typically sit outside of our office, and the two of them were vandalized and. And um, oh, wow. parts That's were cut so off, and oh, um, wow. yeah, so it's you know you're you're in the middle of, of nothing going out and and kind of trying to figure oh. out how survival. And then at that point, we said, okay, now we have to clean a spot in the warehouse to park a 26 foot box truck. And <laughs> so it's you know then then you decide, okay, does this inventory go out right now, or does it stay? You know, and what are delivery days, and you know what are, what do things look like? So it's actually been really nice on the. On the client side with having a little bit more of a structure. So that potentially is something we should have done previously.
2: So aside from what you've already shared here, what kind of changes are happening in the event industry moving forward? And how are you going to capitalize on any of that kind of moving down the road?
1: The event industry right now is, um, there's been so many changes that have, have come about in the last three to five months and i would say it's mostly for guest and staff protection and i i don't know how long those will be around it's kind of like the masks you know there's different reports that say we'll be wearing masks until you know 2022 if that's the case then i i think that our industry will have to make the adjustments that they've made and stay within that zone until the same time frame. And like I said, I, I was at a, a chamber event last night and and Divine Cuisine had passed orders that they were doing and had boxes. They were boxes and um, there were sneeze guards on the top. So they were still able to pass the orders, but they had them protected. And um, you know, a lot of things like that that if you're doing a meet and greet or walking up to a bar, there's a lot of that protection around. People and around things, and you know the plexiglass and the the tables apart. And people want to be around each other. They want to gather. They want to celebrate, which is what our industry is about. So I think that they will continue to find a way. And it's about protecting the guest and the staff again, just to make sure that that everyone is smart within what's going on. You know, and personal hygiene and cleanliness on a venue standpoint and, and location. And we've been lucky here, knock on wood, that you know I think our events have been held as a town, as a community, very well.
0: So. But that's where, from my observation, someone like you or someone like Kelly can really come in and, and bring that creativity. The creativity is not just in the, hey, these colors look good together, or this is a theme, or this is something that we can make your guests say, wow. But the creativity to be able to, to enjoy one another and to do it safely.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that's true. And, um, you know, and, and like it or not, also making sure that rules are followed right now, too. And just like having a TAC licensed bartender, you have to make sure that you're covering yourself and um, that you're providing all necessary equipment to make sure that um, people have what they need to feel safe.
0: So that's, that's just one more check, you know, bartender check. Uh, off-duty police officer check, plexiglass.
1: Check. Yeah, Plex-check. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It is. right,
0: Ashley. What is what is your company? What's your vision? What's your BHAG that that you have? And and a lot of entrepreneurs, their big, hairy, audacious goal hasn't changed to do, through this. Maybe the tactics to get there have changed. But what's your BHAG for Ashley and company?
1: We're in a huge limbo point right now and Kelly and I have have just kind of toned things down a little bit to focus on the roots a little bit more focus on business building but I don't know that it will be built in the same way that we ended in 2019 we are in a very a very fluid state right now and it's kind of a weird place <laughs>
0: Well, I I love that grit. I love that reality of yeah, this is tough, but you know what? We're going to get through it, and we're going to get through it better. But you know what? It might be a little bit, bit different.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's definitely what it is. I mean, you know how passionate we are about our clients, and we have contracts through a certain time. And um, and when we looked at things, we said we we are with these people until until these contracts go through. And you know, at that point, I think we'll have a better read on the world and um, kind of figure out what the direction is at that point. (laughs) Yeah.
2: Yeah, And that's, that's tough. I mean, it, you know, uh, your industry, the, the bars, the restaurants, everything has gotten hit so hard, you know, it's, and it's unfortunate. There's tons and tons of businesses that, that are just struggling. And, and it's good to hear that, that you guys are, sticking together and really trying to figure things out and moving forward. Okay. So that leads us into the lightning round. This is a list of questions that you have 30 seconds or less to answer, and we're just going to shoot right into these. Okay. So what's your favorite hack, right? This can be personal or business hack, you know, and this is mainly because we are all about hacks on Aggie Growth Hacks.
1: Our favorite event hacks always involve um, wire cutters and zip ties.
2: Interesting. So wire you, cutters, you, can, you can do a lot in life
1: if you if you always carry that, it will help you <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs> yeah. right. I'm half tempted to be like, all right, let, let's see your camera, let's see your desk right now. I bet you you've got some wire cutters and zip ties up <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> no. In my backpack,
1: I, I have a really hard time going through airport security because I always <laughs> have wire cutters and zip ties in my backpack. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> yeah.
0: that's amazing so we all know how
2: valuable that the uh, aggie network is is there anyone in the aggie network that you'd like to say thank you to
1: yeah jason with rudder theater complex Would the combinations that we have done in the last five to eight years Mm -hmm. been amazing and um i appreciate all of his 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 aggie background and um his creativity (laughs) with. with what they do at, in Rutter in general.
0: <laughs> well, Ashley, you bring so much value to your clients and to this community. How can, how can this community help you going forward and help Ashley and company?
1: You know, if you're having an event, we'd love to talk to you.
0: Of course, you will not be sorry. Highly recommend you.
1: I Just getting to know people. And, um, and still, I've, I've been in this community now for, I would say, outside of being a student you know, over 15 years. And this is such a tight knit community. I always say it's the, it's the largest small town. And um, I grew up in a small town, so I appreciate that so much. And I think it's just so important right now that everybody supports local and gives shout out and appreciates what we have here. And I think our community is good at that.
2: So speaking of which, how can the Aggie Network get in touch with you?
1: Our website is AshleyandCompany.com or um, our phone number directly if they want to call is 979-485-9802. And um, through the website you can find all of that information. Email addresses my email address is Ashley at Ashleyandcompany.com. So we are somebody is typically in the office Monday through Friday. Our, our office is on Texas Avenue um, right next to wings and more on Texas and Deacon. So we welcome people to stop by um, even right now. So we like to hear from people.
2: Well, Ashley, we really appreciate you coming on and sharing your, your knowledge and everything that's, that's happened with you and your business in the past seven months. Our hearts go out to you. And, and, and we, we, as an Aggie community, I, I hope that everyone just forms together and really helps each other out during this time. But thank you so much for coming on and sharing with us and, and helping all the Aggie entrepreneurs out there. Thank you. Thank you all for having me. How about that, Ags? Talk about some true grit. There were some valuable hacks that Ashley shared with
0: us. What was your favorite, Greg? Well, Chris, I think that this was just something that she talked about during the entire interview and her adaptability. it, It really doesn't surprise me just given that what she and Kelly do for a living you know, they they put on amazing events and they handle every single little detail and they solve so many problems. So they have to be adaptable when doing that. But the fact of the matter is to be able to take that ability and then apply it to their entire business and to be able to really change how they do business, who they talk to, uh, learn new skills. They've adapted to a new world and i'm just so excited to see what she is going to continue to adapt to and how she's going to continue to to just be amazing. W- what about you? Obviously
2: i agree with you. Every entrepreneur during this time frame has has had to figure out <laughs> you know how to adapt and how to pivot. Pivot has been the the keyword during the past 7 months, you know, everyone talks about pivoting. You know, she's had to. I mean, i mean literally her industry was shut down and yeah and it's still a big question, mark on how it's gonna come back. it's gonna come back, right? but in what form and what shape, I love her grit, and mine I guess is is that during this time, and she alluded to this, she didn't really talk about it a whole lot, but it's it's something that every entrepreneur has really had to think about because you know when things slow down, you have to start looking at your systems, right and you start have to looking at your procedures and and really kind of and i talk about this a lot because and and maybe it's because it's it's top of mind for my own business is that you know you've got to have your systems down and really fine tune those systems over time if you're not doing that if you haven't done that in years this was a prime time you know for a lot of entrepreneurs to be able to sit down and go well i need to fix this you know i know it's been sitting on my to do list for years and years and years let's let's get this taken care of so I think that's mine.
0: Systemize. Well, that's going to do it for another episode of Aggie Growth Hacks. Chris and I hope that you enjoyed us and that you will leave us a rating and a a note on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Pobbin, wherever you found us. Be sure to check out our website, AggieGrowthHacks.com, where you'll be able to hear all the past episodes, connect with us, and maybe get featured on a future episode. Aggie Growth Hacks was produced by fellow Aggies,
2: Kyle Ackerman, and Ben Wiggins with Podcast Architects. We also want to give a huge shout out to our sponsor, the McFarren Center for Entrepreneurship at Texas A and M. Since 1999, the McFarren Center for Entrepreneurship has served as the hub of entrepreneurship for Texas A and M. If you're an Aggie entrepreneur or even a w- entrepreneur, head over to their website to find the program that's right for you. Just search up the McFarren Center for Entrepreneurship in Google and head on over there right now. Join us next time where we connect with another great Aggie entrepreneur and learn how they hack their growth. Until then, I'm Chris Hunter. And I'm Greg Martin. Thanks and them. Whoop!